Welcome back, X's and T podcast fans. It is Danny here. And you guys, this episode is going to be fantastic. We're back at it again with another Worldwide Dream Builder episode because you guys, this is the one topic that I think everybody who comes here, this is what y'all come for. So thank you so much for coming here. Thank you for everybody who's reached out to want to tell your stories, who has showed so much support and the nice kind things that you guys say and sharing the podcast. And I am grateful. I think more so it means a lot that the stories that are being shared here are reaching others. So that is amazing. So since we're talking about worldwide and we're talking about Amway, let's get this disclaimer out of the way because I'm not trying to get sued. Amway and worldwide, they are two separate entities, two organizations that I do not support. I have beef with them. However, I'm not here to defame them. You know, if you want to join Worldwide, LTD, URA, any of the various Amway lines of affiliation or any other MLM for that matter, you're an adult. You can make your own decisions. Have at it. I do think that it is important to share stories based on personal experiences, personal opinions. You know, for so long, we felt suppressed. And I think it's okay to share a story. Um, everything that we're saying is our own personal opinions, alleged, pretty much everything that I need to say to not get sued. But also, we've changed everybody's names too. So with that being said, you guys, I have a guest with me today who our upbringing was so similar, and I'm really excited for her to be able to share what that was like for her. So I have Antonia. Hi, Antonia. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really excited. I know that you had reached out to me, and how how did you find the podcast? So um, I know Michael and Michelle. That's not they really their own well, their own names, but that's what they wanted me to use. They were one of my first plans home that I went to when I first started the process and so we had quit and we stayed in contact and she reached out to me through Instagram saying hey this girl has this podcast and she's um, having people testify about their experiences as well and that's how I heard about you wow yeah yeah I have talked to um, Michael and Michelle they are amazing and you're right those are not their real names but their story is is very interesting and I think that they have been, they've been so supportive. They are sharing the podcast as well. They're just um, amazing audience members to have. And um, I'm really glad that that they had introduced you to this platform where hopefully you were able to hear some episodes and something resonated with you because I feel like unless people have gone through it, but there's so much more that comes, I think, when somebody else has been through it. Was that your experience? Absolutely. I think there's a different language that we have going on because even um when I had my I had my friend Brie quit too she was in a different same organization different team and she me and her got an apartment together and I we and her would come home some days if anything triggered us that day and we're like oh because of the business and it was only her that I would be able to go to with this because she'd been through it and she knew so it's like a different different language and I don't think we I don't want anybody to go through it <laughs> like it's okay if yeah. you don't understand <laughs> you know you, yeah it's a good you, thing you don't you don't want to <laughs> yeah you're right you're right because there there it is like speaking a different language and it's one that you're right I wouldn't I wouldn't wish it upon anybody to go through something like this because it's very traumatic you know especially like looking at it after the fact and you know we don't get into these organizations by chance, these are very much by design to find people like us who are in vulnerable positions. And for your story, I am just still so shocked. You found the business. I mean, I guess they found, well, I guess more or less they found you when you were still in high school. Yeah. Yeah. I was 17 years old. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
And that is crazy. So what is it that compels you to want to share your story? It's definitely hearing everybody else's story. If I could give somebody the same feeling that they had me feel, which is okay, I'm not the only one that went into business for five years. That's a long time. And I thought I was always like beating myself up for it. So when other people, when I hear it, and it's not a good thing, but I think it was like, you know, a thing that was like, okay, I'm not the only one that lost years of their life to this. And I hope that my story can really like touch somebody's heart as well. Even personal stuff that we're going to talk about too, that could be brought up. And I hope that it really like helps somebody out there. And that's why I want to share my story. Uh, Just another, just to be another testimony, another person to relate to. I really want that because it meant the world to me hearing everybody else's stories on your podcast. So I hope that I can do the same for somebody else. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for wanting to come and to share and to feel that this is a safe platform to to do that. I think that's one of my biggest goals is to hopefully have this as a safe place where people can be raw with their opinions and with what they really went through. Because we do, we talk about some really traumatic stuff here. And mm-hmm. I haven't been doing this, but I definitely want to add it in now that I'm going to add a trigger warning purely because these topics can get very deep. We talk about trauma. Some some of these things include abuse and, and DV and it's... It's, it's just, it can get pretty dark. I say mm-hmm. that because I, in, in almost every worldwide episode, there has been some way, shape or form that abuse has come up. So I'm just going to throw that in ahead of time. You were 17. I am still so baffled by that. And you were still in high school. How did you meet who would become your upline? So I was working part-time at this company retail store called Sports Chile. And I was working one night um, and I worked part-time, of course, because I was still in high school. So I would go do that at night. But they came in one day looking all nice. I'm pretty sure it was after a meeting. I'm pretty sure it was because Starbucks was across the street. We call it Boca Park in Las Vegas. That's where most meetings are at, actually. I'm pretty sure they had a meeting that day. And they were talking to me about success and all this stuff and like and I was like oh that's cool and we exchanged numbers but they didn't they didn't call me it was me who called them because I was like well I want to be successful and this couple seems legit because they were wearing you know fancy clothes so might as well call them and you know see what they're all about um but I had I had originally heard about it before through this guy I'm not going to mention his name he asked me meaning view one questions while we connected and it turned into a relationship it was very short but it wasn't okay because he was 22 and I was 17 um wow yeah and uh I, I, that did go into like uh, as far as me going to my first family reunion and him having still having to be in a relationship with someone else at the time and and then uh yeah so wow so that's how I heard about it it was through him and then they came in my life a little bit afterwards and then they actually did an actual meeting with me um so when I had that meeting and that that meeting be one question started coming up I was like the same guy asked me the same questions but I like brushed it off and I was like okay let's just continue and be in this meeting or whatever so yeah wow wow I mean, and we've we've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. it's crazy because they knew this 22-year-old guy, he knew you were 17. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was repulsive. And and yeah. he, you, so you were groomed. I mean, is, is it appropriate? Is it okay to say that? Yeah. Like there was definitely like, you know, I was coerced with him. Like he, cause he would, you know how some guys, they keep information from you. So you, you don't have to make a decision that benefits you them so he was withholding a lot of information like the fact that I mean he did mention he had a girlfriend but he would still pursue me and I never really had experienced relationships at this point because of how I grew up so I didn't know what to do I was like well I don't know he said he had a girlfriend but he's still pursuing me so we're just 
just going to keep talking. So we kept talking and then he told me he broke up with her and then we continued dating. And then at family reunion, he told me, oh, but we did have this hotel together. Um, I, oh, I forgot to tell you that. And I was like, what do you mean you forgot to tell me your new girlfriend that you were rooming with your ex? You know? Yeah. Um. So, um, but later on that girl, they reached out to me. We both got our closure because it was, we both found out at the end of the day it was him, you know, it was totally his, you know? Yeah. That's really scary. I mean, you were at this very vulnerable time. He took advantage of that very, very clearly. And, and his upline, even nobody said anything. Like no one was like, Hey guy, this is not okay. I don't know exactly what happened, but I know I told uh, Michael and JC about him. And then I knew that his upline knew, I don't know what really happened. All I know is that it phased out me and him we just phased out we finally like ended things and then um it was later on where I I approached her myself and I'm glad that like I approached his upline at that moment because it had been like three four years later and I finally got my closure and she was on my side saying it was absolutely wrong of him um and he should have never done what he did and it wasn't my fault even though I thought it was like you know it made me feel like a homeworker you know because you know he was in something else you know so yeah yeah wow well, I'm glad that you so Mark and JC are the ones who gave you that closure, right? The the upline platinum couple. So Mark and JC was my upline and then oh, okay. uh and then his upline it was another platinum in the organization. Oh, so are were they all under the same diamond ship? Yes. Wow. That's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. I'm glad somebody said it though. I'm glad somebody told you that that it was not okay. I actually like ran into him four years later at a store. And then I saw that he was like, um, then later on, he asked me if I was still in business. I said, yeah. And then, then I, then I saw him again. I think he rejoined the business again and oh. me and him, I would see him around, but I would just not look at him. I wouldn't talk to him. I would just block him out because I did not want any interaction with him. And then yeah. I'm not sure if he still is or not, but then later on I ran into him again, but he was with somebody else with a baby. So I don't know. I don't know. what. Yeah. The- <laughs> He's probably entangled in a full ass web, some yeah, sort of so, deception. Yeah, so I'm just like, uh, it's weird that I ran into him a few times um, after that. I was like, yeah, I just didn't want to look at him. <laughs> I was like, um, right. no, what we had is gone and it's over. Um, and you did what you did, and it's whatever. It's <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad that at some point you did get that closure. So, but so let's talk about your your upline now. Who they found you after the fact. They're asking the same meet and great questions. They also knew that you were 17. Yes, and they did ask my mom's permission at one point and my mom was like well if this is what they want to do then it's okay um yeah you know as long as they take you seriously then that's 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 fine so my mom did okay and then it was fine the rest of the time wow mm-hmm. wow that's crazy had your mom heard of amway before she did um and i remember getting the car and she was like oh it's amway and she was just saying oh okay i'm not sure i don't remember if she warned me or anything but she knew i know that she's heard of it that she heard of it. i think everyone has heard of it honestly <laughs> like some yeah. like the old you know the you know gen x or whatever i think they for the boomers i think they know about it all of them oh yeah definitely definitely my dad had been approached twice um when when he was younger when i think he was in his 20s people were approaching him and as he got older nobody approached him anymore which is funny but it's 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 probably because they they only go after young people i mean sure there were definitely older people i mean one of my downline was in her like late 50s early 60s you know but that was not the norm and the fact that the fact that these people really thought it would be okay to go 
to a 17-year-old who is still in high school and be like, you want to join my cult? Because at this time, you had no idea it was a cult environment. And they, I'm going to use this word again. It sounds like they also groomed you. I mean, sure, maybe it wasn't in the same way as this this previous 22-year-old guy. Because, of course, that is a different level of sinister. But No, it is because, like, I think we talked about this last time. It is because we, our, our, our brains are not developed yet. You know, so it's like, like as an example, like a, like a, like a child being a five-year-old, not knowing the electrical thing, you know, it's wrong. Right. Um, But they don't know. So it's like telling him, yeah, it's okay. Go touch it. You know, but they don't know any better. And so it's the same thing on our situation, my situation, I was 17 and they were older than me and had more life experience than me. So it's like you saw in hindsight and they also knew my situation I'll, I'll tell you how my senior year looked like and the fact that they kept they didn't say hey you know maybe we you we should wish you should not get involved at this time because we don't feel like it's the right time for you so I wish they would have maybe done that because when I was seven, that senior year of high school um the cops were called 10 times CPS was called four times while I was still in business because of all the things I was going on at home with my mom and um and my parents basically and I went to juvie at one point because my mom had put her hands on me and like you know she hit me and I cop didn't get my side of the story he just took me because my mom lied and said, oh, I hit her. Uh. And so next, you know, I had a board plan after I got out and I saw her and she's like, well, maybe next time, you know, try not to like, you know, get her at that point or whatever. And I was like, and I, you know, at that point in my life, I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, whatever. But now looking back, I'm like, if you knew that this was going on with me, like, I think you should have told me that like, hey, I think this isn't good right now for you to, yeah. to join. Yeah. How mm-hmm. insulting, though, that they said, we'll try not to get her to that point. And let me tell you, I we've talked, we've had long conversations mm-hmm. about this. But girl, I get it. My mom is very similar where she has the narcissistic traits. She has borderline personality disorder. She would twist things to be yes. my fault. And I had absolutely heard that too. Well, don't get her to that point. Excuse me. You don't know how little it takes to get her to that point. And yeah. At the drop of a fucking hat, she gets to that point. So it's like, it's it's insulting for one, that they did that for you. But two, you're absolutely right. They should have recognized that this was, I'm going to use this term, this was out of their pay grade. This was above them. This was something that they never should have ever thought that they could advise on. If anything, if they knew the situation and they really wanted to help you, they could have been like, hey, girl, go to therapy. Like, none of this is normal. Like, are you like asking you if you're okay? Maybe helping you find some resources to to help you with even just your mental health at that point. How can they help you get through and cope through your high school, like your senior year of high school? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they could have at the very least found a resource and moved the fuck on because that was something that they never should have spoken on, period. And I am so frustrated the same way that you are that they did not tell you like, hey, maybe not right now. Um, Maybe seek help this way. Once you get help, maybe we can reconnect after that. Unfortunately, we all know that they are not great people and they will continue to manipulate you because it benefits them. And my dad actually said this perfectly. He said the way that they act is if they want us to stay in those toxic spaces because then it keeps us reliant on them and it keeps us vulnerable to continue believing that absolutely absolutely i was gonna say that like it was like they will help me if it benefited them and that's what they did yeah right so they just were just there for me uh because it benefited them and their business yeah that's that's 
that's so fucked up. Like I, and that's just the the beginning. Like I am just so uh, angered yeah. for you. This, about is, that, this, this I, is your one. <laughs> right. This didn't even be full year. This is just, just the, fa- the fact that you were 17. Like, you're, and I'm going to say this because I, and I said these words before. So the reason why this whole grooming aspect, especially you being 17, it's triggering for me because if you, if anybody out there has listened to my previous episodes about domestic violence and the, the, the trauma that I went through with Kyle, you, then you know about Kendra and Lulu who were both 17 years old in their final senior year of high school being groomed by Kyle, like these girls and similar to you, you should have been focusing on your senior year. Like senior year is like a big deal. There's so much that happens. There's so much fun. There's so much to be done. And, and I mean, your home life should have also offered that to you as well. But at the very least, school could have been this, this outlet for you. Whereas school, it almost becomes a secondary when you have grooming going on from a toxic male or a toxic like business did you feel like you even really got a senior year in high school because you were working part-time too yeah I no I did not um only because a lot of it was with my mom uh she I knew that they knew that there was this it was our last year before we are actually adults that they can lash out whatever they need to lash out on so I either way I wouldn't have had a senior year but I, I hated it because when I was a senior and going through the process, like, you know how you're so egotistical in the beginning? You're like, I got this yeah. in the back of my pocket. Like, I met this couple that retired young. <laughs> so I was yeah. doing that a lot, too. And I hate it. <laughs> I hate myself for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone, everyone's like, oh, I'm going to college. I'm like, I'm not because that is because I met these people. <laughs> I've been there. Like, yeah. So I, I just either way, I wouldn't have gone. I didn't like my senior year of high school. I think um, I had to. I was going to quit. My, I was in sports as well. So mind you, in the beginning, in August, we also, uh, I also was, because when I say we, I, I'm a triplet. So it's me, my sister, my brother, and my sister will be on and off in the business with me as well. She's, yeah. an, she's identical to me. And so we, me and her did cross country together. So mind you, I was in this process business, doing school, part-time job, and I was in a sport. Yeah. So that's the first like three months of my senior year. Um, it was a lot. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did you play? What was your sport? I did cross country. Um, I did it yeah. all four years of high school. I did track for two, did swimming for one. I loved it. I, I think cross country was like the catapult to my whole life because I, I really, it did t- teach me like um, to be healthy and to exercise. And like, I loved it. I loved being in cross country. <laughs> yeah. It was great. You have to love it, right? Because you're, you're running from nothing. Yeah. I know you're running from nothing. But wow. So yeah, sports was, I'm sure, a very good outlet for you to be able to have that, especially with running. From what I understand, there's a level of endorphin that you get from running Mm -hmm. and did you feel like that was something that at the very least kind of helped you escape what was going on at home what was going on even through the business or were you still doing that while you're in the business I was still doing cross country while I was in business yeah um I had uh, there was a lot of reasons uh why I quit cross country like we almost quit cross cross country early like we weren't going to finish the last race we had of the season our senior year because we just felt betrayed also by our coach because we were loyal to him and he didn't meet us captains me and my sister and mind wow. you we were pretty fast we were like for how short we are like we're five three like my fastest mile was 608 um no shit wow yeah, yeah my fastest three mile was like 21 minutes so it's like we were pretty fast we were pretty good runners and like and uh, we were going to quit. Uh, we quit before our last race, but we finished the last race. It was fine. 
but we just felt betrayed because you know like he didn't make us captain and we stayed loyal to him for so long um but yeah. we, we did that on top of being in the business and going to board blinds yeah wow that's crazy to think about you're in sport in high school and this fucking business was like hey come do this too spread yourself so fucking thin at the age of 17 how did you get to functions how did you get to board plans because you guys didn't have cars right no we didn't my mom and dad would take us sometimes or we will ask for rides from people because we were also i was still going to church too the mormon church at this time as well oh yeah that's right you were you were lds at the time yeah and so i grew up mormon yeah so i i would contact them to give me rides um and i think finally i i was able to i got a car like i traded in my car that i my mom and that i paid for and then i told my mom just give me the other one and i'll give you this one so technically i paid for it for myself it was a effed up Mishibishi. so i got that like towards the end of like just around when i was about to turn 18 so almost yeah. the first after the first year of business yeah so it was a struggle wow. too because in the beginning that was a red flag that i, I was like oh you know that should have been a red flag to me was we had yeah. i forgot what they call it it's a monday meeting it's not a board plan or a second look it's more like a it's something i forgot what it's called but it's month it was on monday nights i'm sure michael and michelle um they will mention that <laughs> So they, so it was on a Monday night at the New Orleans Hotel in Las Vegas. And mind you, the new, where the New Orleans Casino is, it's very sketchy. It's, it's not in a good site. It's not a good area. That's what I'm saying. Um, I wanted a, I wanted to get a ride from Mike and Jen after that meeting was over and they hesitated. They were like, oh, I don't know. I don't, are you sure you can't call anybody else? And so we felt guilty. Me and my sister felt guilty um, because she went with me. I was like, uh, no, yeah, never mind. We found someone else. It's okay. But we actually did not have um, a ride so we're 17 year old girls in the sketchy area and they told us not to cross line but we asked somebody else anyway for a ride good and so she was under the organization of the guy who talks really fast sister so she wow, she, okay. she i was i would i would uh, talk to her a lot throughout the functions and throughout the years of business but she gave us a ride and i was really happy about that but yeah it was very um yeah it was that that was a, one of the red flags and we that should have been we were both like why can't you just give us a ride it's not that big of a deal so you're in what would have been an unsafe area for 17 year old girls things that were not ideal for you at that age and they they had no empathy enough to they convinced you to go to this meeting but they couldn't for the life of them give you guys a ride home these two 17 year old in high school girls like that will never cease to amaze me like those words i just cannot fucking believe that i think that is just so so scary that mm -hmm. these people really did that did they so okay with your process like when did you finally launch into business it was a summer before my senior of high school that I we were in that process. Well, hold on. So I'm sorry. What? One more. The summer before our senior year school year started. No summer. way. So you were okay. Hold on. I'm so sorry. I did not grasp this aspect. So your entire senior year was the process. Yeah, the entire year was in. I was in business. Oh. Mm -hmm my gosh i did not mm -hmm. like the dots did not mm -hmm. connect in my head i'm assuming it's like midway through you're almost done yeah. and that's why they thought this was no shot dude mm -hmm. yeah so it was august 30th 2015 so i think it was maybe a week or two after school started i launched and then i graduated in 2016 
and then yep like that was that was my first year in in process and yeah it was so the meetings were meeting group one meeting group two board plan one follow-up one board plan two follow-up two so i did all that and then we maintained our, our process throughout until we actually had the money to launch and when i was working part-time i did and we launched uh, we just couldn't we launched and we couldn't sponsor anybody. That was the thing. That's it. I remember you can launch your business at 17 years old with your parents or guardian, um, like, you know, saying yes, but you couldn't launch anyone or sponsor anyone until you were 18. No way. Oh, so yeah. Oh, my. Wow. So that's 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 what the, that's how it happened. I was like, why? No, it's not that. No, we absolutely launched our business. We absolutely paid for the kit and everything when I was 17. And then at 18, and that was the rule. We just could not sponsor anybody until we were 18. That was the rule. Yeah. So they so then what's the point? Of, of you having been there like how did they spin that because I know you're you're vulnerable you're 17 is not by any means your fault I'm just how did they make that sound like a good idea that like hey your first year in business you like actually can't build the business you can buy all the products you're expected to go to all these meetings but you can't actually build the business yeah so I guess I did my wawas at school basically like no was, shit <laughs> wow yeah, I would talk I would talk to my friends about it and made it my my one person that I talked to for the day these were other kids but honestly that's how it is though like when you get in at what age you are you tend to either talk to people who you talk to people who are within like two to three years of in your age group I know for me most of the people I would talk to when I was 23 were like between you know 23 and 30 I definitely had people who were older than me down in my up or in my downline but that wasn't the norm we definitely had a lot like leaders were like my age leading their parents leading old people leading people who had children when they didn't have children like I remember uh, in Ariel and Ksenia's episode, Ariel would say, would say that he's like, I'm just some dude in my 20s giving like coaching to a family yeah. who had kids. I was like, yeah, like that's that's wild. And that was the norm. Yeah, but, I would wow. so here, older than me. Oh, my God. And you were 17. OK, so you finally graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And and how long after you graduated did you turn 18? Uh, so I turned 18 in my senior year of high school. So I April 29 is when I turned 18 and then June of 2016 is when I graduated. So I turned, wow. yeah, I turned 18 all, like towards the end of my senior year, basically. So in April. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm just so shocked still that, you know, it's just, that's the fact that Amway even allows that. Like, yeah, you can do it with your parents' permission. That's so like strange because I know even like the only other thing that I know that you can do at 17 if you have a parent's permission is join the military in the US. That's the only other like thing that I've heard of that like, oh, a 17 year old can do this with parents' consent. So what did life look like after you had graduated? Did, I think it adds perspective, did anything get better at home once you joined the business and it had finished high school? Absolutely not. I stayed one more year at my mom's and then she would kick me out. So it was a lot. In general, I'm not going to go into like, just all I know is that's when the moving out and moving in started at 19. Um, it was just like in and out, in and out. Like from my mom's to someone else's house because my, how my mom is from my mom's to my somebody else's from my mom's to somebody else's. Um, yeah. So I was I was just trying so hard to keep the business together. That's why I want I moved so much and it's really hard living with people. That's all I can say. That's why the in and out of it was happening. It's just hard. It was just hard. You know? Yeah. Right. Because um, I can relate to that too. And I think a lot of people who who maybe don't or haven't gone through it or understand that lifestyle. It's like you're 
you're in an unstable situation where you've never really been taught stability. And so it's like every time you leave, it's almost never really because you chose to. It's never really because you planned like, hey, I'm moving out. Let's make this a good decision. Like, how can we how can we go about this the right way? But when you have toxic parents like that, you find a way out. You have to find a way out. And a lot of the times it is into these other unstable situations. And then of course, by design, you end up having to go back home again, because again, there was no real pre-plan. I've been there. The amount of times I had to go back home because, you know, I would leave my mom and I'd want to leave my mom and she'd kick us out. But then because she kicked Mm -hmm. us out and offered no, no room to, to create a healthy environment for ourselves, I just ended up right back. Like it's, wow. I I was always having an escape plan. Always. There was always an escape plan growing up. Like, okay, if not this house, this house, if not this friend, this friend, and if not this friend, this friend. Yeah. So then, you know, yeah. And I brought that into the business. Yeah. (laughs) So, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, the things yeah. that absolutely did not get better at all uh, to this day when I'm out of business and my mom is still the same person. Uh, she also like, you know, did a lot in my pregnancy as well. Like it's just like making it seem like she was going to help me. And she absolutely did not. So I'm living with my roommates as a single mom and it's, it, 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 so she's not going to change. So yeah. I'm cool with it. Like I'm, I've accepted it. <laughs> Uh, hey, I totally get it. It's um, it's a it's a rough spot to be in, but you throw worldwide on top of it with how young mm-hmm. you were. I am just still so so baffled by this. Um, so once you're once you're graduated with high school, and I know that you're kind of moving in and out of of these different spaces, like what did being in business look like, and and what kind of expectations did they have on you, and and were you meeting those expectations? So I can tell you right now, I was the perfect leg. I was, I uh, did not have a car payment. So I had a lot of money. I was able to, uh, I always found a job to pay, to pay higher so I can do a higher ditto. So when I turned 18, luckily I found somebody in the church who got me into a full-time job that was exactly eight to 4.30. And so at 18, I started working that job. So immediately I was on fire. Um, yeah. I was you know, talking to people every day, um, trying to create, you know, doing a ditto, 300 PV as a single, 300, it's a, it's $1,200 every month oh. for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, when I mean, I was core every day. I mean, I was core every single day. I heard audio every single day. I read for 15 minutes every day. I mean, I made sure I made a conversation every single day while I was in business and I, it wasn't, it would they when in in your follow up that's when they really talk about them the daily weekly yearly monthly habits with you and it's crazy because I I hear other stories how they um, more extreme stories in your podcast where they really shame them for not following the partnership they didn't shame us it was more like you you just felt guilty in their war plans if you didn't do it or they would give you looks right they weren't verbally saying but they would make. They would like, you know what I mean? They would make you feel yep. that way because how they talk so passionately about work habit and the partnership. And they just, because yeah. of the intensity of the of those conversations or those trainings, every time they had it, 
you just felt guilty leaving because you just weren't communicating or you just weren't doing what you were supposed to. Right. You're not on your uplines team. You're not following the plan. You're not following the partnership. You're not or not honoring the partnership. Like just all of the really and and that doesn't sound so bad, but it's degrading. Like the mm-hmm. the way that it makes you feel as a human is just it's so frustrating. So you did mm-hmm. 300 PV every single month and you bought all of it. Yeah. Yeah, I was I always had extra stuff, extra products all around the house. <laughs> I was giving them away. <laughs> uh, like I was so like blind that it's like that should have been something that was like, you know, I don't need this this one, so why am I buying it? Why am I buying extra of this all the time and they're everywhere in my house, you know? So yeah. that should have been something like I should have followed, but I didn't. I was just like just, you know, following blindly, basically. But they, but they, they, they paint it so well and they make you believe that they're also doing this there. That's how they got to where they were. They're buying all this product and they're just teaching other people how to buy stuff. It is deceptive. So what, what was your honeymoon phase like? So it's not like you said, you're on fire. You're, you're honoring the partnership. You're doing 300 PV. You're talking to people like, what like how long did your honeymoon phase last and and what was that like definitely like pretty much the entire time until i quit like quitting wasn't so slow i think it took me like two weeks maybe no it took me maybe a few months but up until the very end i was on fire um like i was yeah yeah i was definitely having meetings i was like i kid you not when they said 10 people a month to have meetings with I, I kid you not, one one at one time I had ten people in one week. Um, because I was wow. just working so hard. Yeah. And that's another thing I want to get into too was their coaching. So the first three years in, in business, I was learning my people skills, like trying to, and it was very awkward for me. Like my older sister would go I would go to stores with her and she's like, Maybe you shouldn't like it was she saw the awkwardness, you know, trying to build my people skills and like if every time that I would like shoot this Kate and back and forth, her coaching was very like, good job um, onto the next or, or like, you know, I wouldn't change anything, keep going. And I think I would have made more progress had she tweaked it more with me. And like, I've noticed that when I started getting downline, how she would coach them the same way and how much more traction that they got when I started coaching them myself and started tweaking them because I'm a very authentic person and very real person. I think that's why I went to Eagle was because that, that, that comes naturally to me, just being very real and authentic to people. But I think I would have, I think she really, I think they kind of sabotaged my business in that way too. I don't they they because they don't want you to succeed more than them sometimes you know, people who are in the higher pin levels, they don't want you to go further than them. So they they did, I do feel in some way they they sabotaged me in that way because they knew that I, 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 I believe I would have probably gone on a higher pin if, you know, if I, if she would have just taught me right, um, but she didn't. So, you know what I mean? Like they sabotaged it for me because I finally, it took me three years to finally be authentic or finally like actually know how to conversate with someone. <laughs> And I was like, no, you're supposed to learn that on your own. And I saw that my downline was like, like sounding like robots. I'm like, you can't sound like that. Like sound real. And I was manipulating them too, obviously, you know, because when you're out of it, you're like, yeah. oh man, <laughs> you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, we've all been there. You know, anybody who's been in the business, we're all guilty of at one point or another. And I've never had anybody deny it either. I think that all the guests that I've had have been so incredibly transparent about the fact that, yeah, we were out there manipulating people too. We are so guilty of that because we thought we were doing the right thing. We were their 
saviors. We were told like, this is the greatest opportunity in the world. And if you don't share it, you're selfish. So how can we keep that to ourselves, especially when we're really excited about it? Like mm -hmm. it, there's so much that that comes into it. So I'm thinking that we're going to need a part two because your story okay. is is just beginning. <laughs> I know. I know. This is not even like all of it. There's so much more to share. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're excited to to hear the rest of it. At this time, what I want to say is that, you know, I'm really excited that you came here and are wanting to to continue sharing your story and your reasoning behind it is so selfless. So at any point during the business, when you were manipulated into being, you know, this selfish, manipulative person, it's very clearly not who you are. And, and it's not who any of the other guests that we've had on here are. And I think that that's why we as people end up leaving, because it's like, we cannot keep doing this to people. But we also recognize that the treatment from our upline, it just never gets better. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. Like even when towards the end of quitting, um, I was telling them, hey, this is what you guys should really work on. Um, you know, this and this is what I see and you guys are not. Um, and then and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll work on it. Then a couple more floor plans. I'm like, wow, they're really not changing. They're robots, too, because he started he's always sounding like the talk, the guy that talks really fast. He always sounds like him always at the board plans. Yeah, he just he wasn't changing. And I didn't like that. I'm like, well. And I was like, you know what, like, you know, there's more to it, you know, but I was, that was one of them when I was like, I'm out, you know, you guys are not changing at all with what I just said, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're not wrong. Yeah. Wow. And, and you guys, I'm telling you, this is, this is just a fraction. This isn't even half of her story. So please stay tuned and, and come back and listen to part two. If you guys want to be like Antonia and you want to share your story, please message me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. You guys can find the xsnt podcast on TikTok. You can find me on anywhere that you guys can find podcasts. I'd be really happy to help you share a story, whether it's MLM related or not. You know, we're here to spread awareness. So thank you so much again for your time, Antonia, and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>